Finnovate showcases cutting-edge banking and financial technology through a global conference series featuring short-form demos and thought leadership. Now, the conversation continues on the Finnovate podcast. Hi, and welcome to the Finnovate podcast. Joining me today, we have Best of Show winner Sesam from Finnovate Europe. Sylvan Forte, their CEO and co-founder, is with us. Sylvan, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks a lot. Hi, it's it's a pleasure to, to be with you. Excellent. So for those of you who don't know, Finnovate Europe wrapped up in London back in March. All of the demo videos are up online right now. You can go and take a look at them at Finnovate.com. If you haven't checked out the video for Sesam, I highly recommend that you do that. They were one of the ones that our audience selected as best of show. And Sylvan, can you kick things off by just giving us a quick overview for people who haven't seen your demo video of what Sesam is all about? Sure, it would be my pleasure. So um, I'm 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 CEO and, and co-founder of Sesam. Uh, we're an AI company uh, focusing on analyzing billions of articles and messages from the web in real time using a technology called natural language processing. So we basically process text data and we derive insights that are consumed by finance professionals and corporate. And we have the ability to screen an enormous 20 billion articles and messages and to detect things like environmental, social, and governance risks, early warnings, analyzing competitors, measuring sentiment on companies and on concept. And we're a team of close to 100 people now, uh, growing very fast, with a majority of data scientists and NLP experts. And um, yeah, personally, I have an engineering background. I started the company during my, my study, and I'm very, very passionate about AI. And uh, the quick story is also three days ago, I was just nominated to Forbes 30 under 30. Uh, so that is also a good recognition of uh, the work that the company is doing and the growth that we're seeing uh, as a fintech star. Yeah, no, that's great. That's got to be really validating. And congratulations. Thanks. Um, so one of the things that I thought was really helpful, you know, you started off your demo by digging into Wirecard, a company that went bankrupt a couple of years ago, and you made the case on stage, and it was a convincing case that you know it would have been possible to see their difficulties coming based on information that was generally available at the time. Can you talk a little bit about what kinds of pieces Sesam was able to see that nobody else was able to see that would have given you that indication that there was a problem here? Yeah, one of the ways that we process data is that we basically have access first to a number of highly local sources um, in local language that we can process in real time. So think very local journals corresponding to companies uh, that either no one covers or subsidiaries of large companies. Uh, which may be exposed to local controversies. And in addition to that, we have a knowledge graph where we're going to map um, a, gr- a group directly to its subsidiaries, to its brands, products, C-level executive. That really gives us the ability to dive into topics that uh, mainstream media may not have linked to the company automatically. And in the case of, of Wirecard, one of the key information that we found is um, there were initial accusations of fraud in their Singapore subsidiary specifically. Uh, in local journals that were not being picked up by mainstream media at the time. And that was more than six months prior to uh, the scandal really emerging in mainstream media. And and what's interesting is for us is identifying these local pieces of information in local language and also finding the patterns using natural language processing in order to have them emerge as an actual alert. So making sure that we can um, link them to the right topics. For Wirecard, it's actually fraud. And we need to make sure that this is properly um, uh, understood by the system 
so as to raise that initial alert for investors. Yeah, I mean, so certainly I think there's obviously being able to go deeper, but this information is publicly available. How come you're able to see it and other people weren't able to kind of get that and make that connection? It's primarily a a question of size, actually. Um, It's just that there is a lot of of content on the web and not all of that content is well-structured. So on our side, we basically structure around 20 billion articles and messages so that it becomes easily searchable and so that finding patterns becomes something that is more uh, easier for investors and also more affordable. And so that means that we have access to more than 4 million different websites in 100 different languages. And we also have the ability to track that over time as we have a 13 years archive um, enabling us to find an anomaly in a specific behavior. For example, um, volumes of data on a specific company that are much, much higher than the average over a period and things that, that we can uh, identify as potential uh, risks. And so, yeah, we have 300 terabytes of data, but that strength with all of these contents is, is also the difficulty that people have with um, uh, letting good insights emerge from what data. On our side, we do the work of, of structuring these contents using relevant algorithms in order to analyze them so that it actually can generate a valuable information. Yeah, no, I mean, really interesting. And there are a couple of kind of data points that you offered there that I just want to highlight again that kind of go to how powerful the tool really is. How many terabytes of data would you did you say that you've been able to collect so far? So we have around 300 terabytes of data and our clients can basically generate um, uh, requests on the fly on the data. So they can basically generate their own queries and immediately receive an indicator. So that means that these 300 terabytes, they're not just stored in the data lake. We, we constantly go over them and create indicators on the fly. So yeah, computing per year is, is in the petabytes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's amazing. And I think also looking at, so 13 years of data, what an interesting 13 years you have seen. You've got kind of financial crisis on one side of it, you know, a decade of kind of boom time in the middle and then this pandemic on the other side of it. So you guys are getting a nice kind of diverse mixture of data, which is really interesting. And and obviously, if you could unpack all of those pieces, all those insights, there's quite a bit there. So now let's switch and talk a little bit about the use cases for this. Who are your customers and what are they using you for? So we have a variety of different customers, primarily in the financial sector. So banks, asset managers, uh, funds, private equity players, and also more and more uh, uh, corporates that are using these types of solutions. And the typical use case that they use that for are, for example, um, generating ESG insights, whether it's controversies or scores, um, because in the field of ESG, um, indicators tend to be moving very slowly, updated once per quarter, once per year. With natural language processing, we can update ESG insights every single day and really receive uh, interesting early warnings, including on small companies. We cover more than 5 million companies, including a lot of private firms that no one else covers uh, in the world. We also have, wow. um, yeah. <laughs> so we, we also okay. have uh, lots of um, other types of use cases in the finance sector um, from monitoring assets from a reputational perspective with sentiment to uh, generating uh, early warning from a credit perspective. Um, and even right now, uh, finding information on macro topics such as the Ukraine war. Uh, that we are actually monitoring, including in specific uh, Russian propaganda websites. So as to understand what is being said, what is the potential impact on commodities and natural gas uh, more specifically, and also how are companies exposed to that topic uh, 
uh, in the way that they are mentioned in the press and in social media. Wow. I mean, so there are clearly a lot of different places you can point this tool. I think investment makes a bunch of sense. It's really easy to see that. How are some of the banks uh, who are in the Finnovate audience, you know, that's sort of who our show was aimed at. And clearly your demo resonated with that room full of bankers in London. How are banks and other financial institutions using you guys? Yeah, and, and banks are definitely some of our main clients because they, they can use these tools in a, in a number of different topics. Um, asset management, uh, uh, parts of the bank can use that for investment purposes, but they can also use this in order to track their own clients and their own suppliers, for example, from an ESG perspective and uh, get the kinds of insights that asset management traditionally receives, but really in other parts of the bank. And we work a lot with data science groups inside banks, uh, with the CIO, uh, with uh, uh, analytics groups and ESG teams also and sustainability, which can all consume part of the solution for their own use case and can leverage the NLP capability to customize their own indicators. Wow. No, I mean, I think it's really easy to see. And one of the fun things about uh, technology like this is that you can really apply it towards so many different things. You know, you've built the tool and now I'm sure there are people who are out there kind of taking it and pointing it at things that you didn't necessarily expect or using it creatively. What are some of the you know, different ways that people who are using uh, your technology that you kind of never saw coming, you know, five years ago when you started working on this, started thinking about this? Are, are people doing anything that's sort of out of the ordinary with it? Yeah, well, one thing that is really cool for us is, is that um, we really started as a fintech company purely focusing on public markets. Um, and we progressively extended to private equity. And now we're seeing more and more uh, corporate use cases, for example, in the healthcare sector or beauty sector, or food, et cetera. So uh, companies that have a data marketing team that is uh, looking to leverage natural language processing and analytics. And that sees that technology as a way to find insights that are relevant to their own use case. Use case that we don't know as a team, but that they are really familiar with. And for example, people use this in order to identify potential M&A targets, uh, smaller brands that they could acquire, uh, for example, in the food sector, uh, and finding the ones that are really emerging as, as, as key players in the space. Or people are using that in their corporate social responsibility group in order to track their own suppliers and making sure that there isn't any potential um, issue uh, and, and making sure that they can spend less time monitoring them on an active basis, but rather receiving the ESG insights straight in their mailbox and in their system. And we discover new use cases every day. That's the really, really cool part. Yeah, no, that's the really fun thing is seeing what other people can do with what you've built and, and where they can point it. But you know, I think the M&A space makes a lot of sense. It can be difficult to kind of do that due diligence, no question. Um, so let's talk a little bit now about the demo itself. Obviously, getting up there on stage, you were able to create that connection with the audience. What was your mindset like as you were backstage about to come up into those bright lights? Can you talk us through that a little bit? Yeah, I have to say it was a bit uh, intense. So it's a uh, bit is a very big stage. Uh, the preparation was uh, uh, pretty solid and very well organized, which, which does put a, a bit of pressure on, on presenters. Um, and um, uh, the demos were also very cool. We, we saw people coming in with um, a virtual reality headset, for example, and, and I was just with my, sc- my small computer and my, my demo, demo coming on stage. Um, but the feedback was very good and the pitch went well. And, um, and I think it also shows and, and demonstrates um, how useful uh, are the tools that we develop can be uh, for investment professionals, for corporates, and how this really resonates with actual use cases that people have. 
Yeah. So did you have any idea when you were kind of getting ready to go out there that you were a potential best of show winner? Was that thought on your mind at all in that moment? Or um, did you just want to really kind of focus on getting the getting through those seven minutes? Uh, no, more, more like getting through initially. Uh, so uh, I wasn't too too happy at the start, but um, I'm, I'm really glad that, that things went well. And um, we really were very happy about the exposure mostly, having this ability to showcase our solution to a lot of of banks at the same time, to also a lot of venture capital firms, et cetera, anyone that we can collaborate with in the future. And uh, yeah, winning the competition was really a, a big win for us and, and something that we are very happy about, but we didn't come with that objective in mind. We're just happy about the exporter. Yeah, no, 100% agreed. It's always the companies that are kind of focusing on getting those conversations going who ultimately make that big connection with the audience. So um, we've got about two minutes left here, and I want to end by just looking towards the future, looking at you know the amount of data that you're able that you've been able to collect, the amount of data that's available. Obviously, there's going to just be more and more kind of coming into the system that'll give you the ability to get these insights. What does the future look like? When it comes to uh, this kind of technology, you know, three, five, or ten years down the line, you know, at some point, are we looking at just being able to have kind of every single piece of data that's online being able to come into a platform like this to be analyzed and screened, or are there some limiting factors somewhere that will eventually keep people from being able to kind of take it to this huge extreme? Yeah, that, that's a good question. So for us, the objective is really to become e-reference worldwide in natural language processing um, web insights. So meaning any firm that is thinking about doing NLP on web data should hopefully think about Cezanne in the future. That's uh, an, an ambitious goal and one that is driven by our ability to constantly increase uh, the amount of data that we have. We augment the size of our data lake by around 30% per year. There are always limits to that, limits sometimes linked to the centralization of the web. Uh, which tends to appear, uh, and some uh, media controlling uh, information in, in a tighter way. Um, we hope this, this trend continues to uh, go in the right direction and that the web remains open enough so as to enable use cases like ours and so as to ultimately enable uh, corporates and investors to make better decisions. So that's what we are looking to do, helping people make more informed decisions. And we need the right data and the right algorithms to do that. So we're going to fight for that in the future. Yeah, no, it's a really, I mean, it's really very simple at the end of it, right? It all comes down to just having information that you need to make an informed, intelligent decision. And there are no shortage of difficult decisions that people are going to have to make, no shortage of information that people are going to have to try and account for in there. So I think there's quite a bit still to come. Um, and obviously, you know, winning Best of Show at Finnovate is a great validation of where you are at the moment. So um, if, again, for anybody who hasn't seen it, check out their demo video at Finnovate.com or on the Finnovate YouTube channel. See their seven minutes, see what they're all about. Um, Sylvan, thank you so much for joining me today and talking us through everything. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much, Greg. The Finnovate podcast is produced by Informa Connect in association with Provoke.fm Media. Check out Finnovate.com for information on Finnovate's upcoming shows and to learn how you can get involved. The discount code Finnovate Podcast will save you 20% on tickets to all of our events. And you can email us at info at for information on sponsoring, speaking, or demoing. Thanks for listening.